With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. going to say it where's the year gone that's march soon be easter good afternoon liverpool community radio 106.7 fm it is a new daily croissant with me matty grams not on my own today thankfully uh the man from the jazz captain's here frank griffith hello welcome to the uh the the daily croissant that's how i say it croissant. yes of course you do uh, i wouldn't expect to say it any other way frank good and good, good. <laughs> um, we are <laughs> We're here till two. First now, look at the papers. Second now, we've got a guest today. Helen from, uh, used to be of LCA, now from Saw, which is her new company, uh, her new um, sit-ins that, uh, advice thing she's setting up. We'll talk more about it with her when she comes in. She's coming in after one o'clock. Okay. Uh, you can get in touch with us in the studio. 077 is our number. Uh, Twitter with LCRFM, Facebook, Liverpool Community Radio, the new boys of the city. So there you go. That's the ways you can get touch with us. We'll also be telling you how, uh, uh, tell you about Mersey Child. We had John uh, McGuire in last week. Going to tell you about that. Also tell you about the tickets going on sale for Eurovision. But headlines on the front of the papers. Uh, I've got the Echo and the Eye. Unless you want, to, have you got a paper there, Frank? Or do you? I've want got Echo, but I've also got other stuff I've stored up. You know, so okie dokie. I I can I can uh, do the opening gambit yeah. if you like. Uh, yeah. Or, or or we can come to. It. I've got a variety of stories. Yeah. Of happiness and not so happiness. Happiness. Um, yeah. Just want to. Um, I live in um, not far from Moulton, so this is slightly you know South Liverpool kind of interest for me, and it has to do with the fabled. Woolton Picture House, yes, which people might um, be interested to know. Uh, the tw- the twist, <laughs> the title of the uh, headline is um, "New Twist in Epic Saga Ooh. of Cinemas Reopening." Now, uh, understandably, they closed at the beginning of COVID, so getting on to th- well, three years ago, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, the the um, emergence of the pandemic, and. Um, it says U.S. Phil, uh, sorry, U.S. Excuse me, U.K. Film Body reveals discussions over Picture House, and apparently there was a uh, 
as I said, uh, out- outbreak of uh, COVID in, um, uh, well, let's call it March uh, 2020, uh, there was a uh, GoFundMe campaign which raised 24000 to uh, help it get back on its feet. Yes. Uh, which took place presumably in 21 or something. So after the uh, pandemic was up and running. Uh, and then there was a uh, additional funding um, by the government fund during the pandemic, which was administered by the BFI, which is Brit- British Film Institute, yeah. which I'm sure people will be aware of. It's gone a long way to help struggling venues um, uh, protect and, and um, expand on their credible uh, legacy of films, anyway, and that was thirty-seven thousand, or getting on to thirty-eight actually. Um, so they collected about whoa, sixty or seventy percent of those funds. So presumably they're sitting on a uh, a little bit of a uh, you know cash uh, uh, situation here, and unfortunately they uh, have been postponing their opening over and over again to the point where they haven't even been able to be in contact with the owner. Mm. So it's a very fishy thing going on. Um, uh, and its owner is David Wood. And um, the uh, update uh, of the of the uh, news uh, was posted on Facebook and, and similar social media to that. Uh, there haven't been any updates in six months. So that's really curious and mm. concerning, uh, especially for people, presumably, who want to visit yeah, the theater. Definitely. Uh, and some historic, uh, you know, some rich history, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you be aware of it from, uh, say... Yeah, I've known about... I remember going there, oh, God, I'm going back a while now. I think 30, at least 30 years ago, 30, 35 yeah, years thought, ago. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, it would, you know, it was... It, was a, it is a lovely cinema. It's a bit like... Um, it's one of those. Uh, it's like the plaza up in Crosby. It's one of those nice, sure. That's warmly, a good, warm, similar. Type yeah, of, yeah, yeah, warm. Yeah. You know, and it's you know they have enough. I think they have some seven ice creams. Uh, you know, oh yeah, at the, the interval old that. stuff but, for kids. Yeah, stuff. but it's you know it's it's a shame to see it just lying or just Absolutely. not being used, and it'd be good to see it back. Well, the Echo has contacted them on a number of occasions, uh, let's say in the last six months, which I think I mentioned yeah. a second ago was the last uh, sort of tangible update, um, whether it was Facebook or whatever. And not only that, but a local councillor, Chris Brown. Well, we've had Chris in, actually. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's a very familiar name to to, uh, to uh, LCR listeners. Yeah. And uh, he hasn't heard, uh, you know, he, he's just not having it really he said it's quoted here uh while local councillor chris brown that's spelled with a k by the way chris chris with a k uh has dismissed the reopening plans as quote hot air unquote due to the or uh ongoing silence so this is um uh, i believe the bfi has in fact been in touch with the echo um, and I'm not sure if they really have much they can offer uh, due to the fact that the venue itself is not sort of playing ball. Um, and just a final quote from uh, the BFI spokesperson. Uh, we can confirm that the BFI is in communication with the owner of the Walton Picture House Cinema about their plans to reopen. However, in terms of business sensitivity and probity, 
um, it would not be appropriate for us to comment publicly on the detail of our conversations <laughs> or any cinema's uh, plans until those plans are ready for making public. Now, that's a standard kind of uh, uh, response, isn't it? Uh, what does probity mean? Is that to do with the uh, uh, sort of legal aspect? I, th- I think. I pro- think so. Probity. Yeah. Sorry, I should know that word. It must be word uh, related to the term probate. <laughs> yeah. Which, unfortunately, those of us who have uh, loved ones who've passed on uh, are very familiar with. In the case of uh, you know property, uh, isn't it? Pro- pro- you need to have probate in order to uh, realize um, property handed down, don't you? Yeah, so you do. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm just a, like I'm sure many uh, people around me. I'm a huge fan of films, and big part of your film enjoyment is the venue in which you see it. You know. Yeah. Uh, now I'm a certain age where we used to get two movies. Do you remember them days? Uh, you could go to see a normal feature film. Yeah. And they'd give you another one for good behavior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, no, and you get like a maybe a, a slightly B film as your accompanying yeah. film, but it would be a current film as well. But it wouldn't be like you know Star Wars or whatever. And uh, those days changed, of course, uh, in the last forty years or whatever. Yeah, but it was always kind of you know the the, the classic theater with gum stuck to the floor and the, <laughs> you know go fetch your popcorn and everything, and people smoking in the theaters. I don't know if you're. Uh, quite of the age to remember that but they used to let people smoke in yeah, that movie theaters. Yeah. yeah and uh, good on Liverpool uh, for having these theaters there are a number of them in London but uh, the, the London ones tend to be modernized but it's still the original structure uh, and I presume other cities have uh, old theaters but for, for Liverpool to have two uh, just in Liverpool uh, I believe there's one up in uh, Southport as well so you know, I just find it uh, unacceptable, if uh, especially if they have uh, been granted money. You know, yeah. What exactly. are they doing with the money? You know, um, and we'll keep you posted. I'm quite interested in the story, and as I say, uh, Walton is like sort of two miles from where I live, so it's no, no. I could get a bus there. You know, yeah. Because uh, uh, people that are familiar with Walton, uh, whether you drive or not drive, uh, will be more than aware that it's one of the most difficult villages to park in. Yes, there's just it, it's small. It's it's tiny roads, isn't it? Yeah, it's not built up. No, uh, and that's why they they still call it Wilton Village, don't they? Yes, they do. Do Do you have any memories of Wilton? Uh, no, as not many. Lad? No, just passing through it. Really, sure. sure. Yeah, uh, no, not really. Um, wasn't a, well. Wasn't a plate. It was a bit posh for us. Um, right. Let's have a look at the front of the. <laughs> okay. Let's have a look at the. Uh, With an old theatre. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Uh, let's have a look at the front pages of the papers. Yeah, the I budget twenty twenty three. Hunt and Sunak head for new tax clash with Tory backbenchers. Oh, this will be fun. Chancellor and Prime Minister set to rule out corporation tax in next week. Slim down budget, putting them on collision course with Boris Johnson. Liz Trust. Let them fight. Large groups of conservatives want the government to cut business taxes to boost the economy. Trust allies tell I she will not try to undermine Rishi Sunak, but likely to be at, get behind any policies that are developed by the conservative growth group, which is challenging the PM. And Treasury sources play down suggestions that UK improved economic Economic forecasts will lead to Jeremy Hunt cutting taxes after all, with one telling the eye, very little has changed this month. Mm. Uh, also as well, front of the Echo, a couple of football stories on the front. Blues, oh, of course. Blues boss Dice pleased with a point. That's uh, a point Everton got yesterday playing Nottingham Forest. 
down at the uh, city ground. Uh, Liverpool smashed their way into the record books in their big step win against Man United. Yes, folks, it did happen, honestly. 7 0. You're not waking, <laughs> you're not dreaming. It, it, it did, I it did happen. It when I no, a lot score. of people can't. Um, I mean, that's a huge uh, deficit, is. isn't it? And the main headline on the front of the echoes man left fighting for life after stabbing. Uh, that was an incident that happened just down the road from us, actually, in Lodge Lane uh, on Saturday night. Police have been given extra powers uh, to. Have been extra stop and search powers, so we'll probably have a look at them and more stories. Just, just on the well. note of the yes. uh, match, because uh, I think I've publicly stated, and Maddie certainly knows, not a huge fan of football. Nope. However, being uh, having in laws and kids and grandkids who uh, are huge LFC fans, I'm afraid I'm I'm stuck. I <laughs> I, I I can't not know if that makes sense. Uh, I saw the Barcelona gang a few years ago, wasn't it, down in Barcelona? Yes. Obviously, everyone saw that. Uh, but on a match point, <laughs> no pun intended, um, we played last night at our monthly residency at the Richmond Tavern in um, sunny uh, Wavertree. And there was not many people in. Uh, <laughs> but we, we managed to get a cadre of our pals, you know, a few yeah. musicians and people. and So it turned out to be a, a good night. But the pub itself, as you can imagine. Now, this is a 7 o'clock start. So the game had just ended. Yeah. Does it usually end a sort of latish well, afternoon? Well, it was, it was a 4.30 kickoff. So it finished yeah, yeah. around about 20 past 6. You know, people would have still been in, in high Oh, shocks. I was. Yeah. Um, I I happened to be outside Anfield last night, and yeah. even by quarter seven, ten, seven, there were still hundreds and hundreds of people outside well, Anfield. Exactly, and and someone shouted, a non-football fan, but she couldn't help but know. Uh, when I inquired over the microphone about the match, because I should have known, obviously, uh, she just shouted seven nil, and that was all she had to say, you know. Um, and yeah, needless to say. Uh, it was like a big, 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 big day for football for LFC, and good on them. You know. It was, it uh, was, and they're, they're talking about it left and right today, aren't they? They are. And so, yeah. so that's that's good that people feel positive. Um, it'd be nice for them to feel positive about other things in Liverpool besides football. Yeah, uh, but good on them. Yeah, we and shall. That's see. a heck of a. That's a route. Or it is a route. Do you say route here? Or route? Route? No, it's route. a route, okay. yeah. I bought, I, that's, I, a, that's a kick in the backside, isn't it? A lot of people are waking up thinking, did it really happen? Yes, it did. And and, and, and good on them. You know? yeah. And LFC is a very uh, colorful team, albeit red. Mm -hmm. uh, and one can't, I mean, you won't be surprised to learn that a lot of my pals in the North America ah. are, um, are really big uh, fans of LFC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. You'd be surprised in, in Canada. Hi, we just saw our our pal. Uh, he just we see him now. He's just walked in, Mister uh, Hussein. How are you, sir? Hi, Did hi. you know that um, lots of Canadians uh, like LFC? I didn't know that. There's a lot of Wait, fans in Canada who, who are asking <laughs> me when I'm in touch with them. Oh, who are ask after LFC? Oh. So you're not surprised to learn that probably. No, 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 no. Because of like LFC, it's worldwide. It's worldwide. Like yeah, like in the Middle East. It is the most supported team now. Like, okay. Yeah. See, I yeah. didn't even know that one. No, no, no. For example, like in Whoa. Egypt, it is a big, like the most supported team ever. Oh. Of course, because of Mo Salah, but sure, also, sure. but also because of the Arab in the Arab world as well. Like it's <laughs> LFC now is controlling, so they do it. They're so popular now. Well, I, I knew you were quite knowledgeable and keen on football fan, as you stated, <laughs> not too unsubtly last week. 
Uh, but uh, we, we were just talking about football and who should walk in but who's saying <laughs> he's here tell you what we'll do then we'll take some music we'll move people around and then we'll get back yeah. uh something's going on in the studio lights are flickering on and off i don't know whether we've appended the ghost or not uh we'll play some music while delta made and spend some time This isn't just any community cafe. It's a grass-rooted, gregarious, friendly, affordable, home-baking, isolation-reducing, healthy eating, freshly brewing, welcoming, inspirational community cafe. 
the croissant of Inequality Community Cafe, 55 to 57 Holt Road, Kensington, L7, 2pm. We sell freshly ground and brewed Italian coffee for only one pound a mug, plus a range of teas, kombucha, toasties, jacket potatoes, snacks, delicious homemade soups. We also sell our own sourdough bread for only £1.50 a loaf. Pay by cash or card. Eat in or take away. Open Monday to Friday, 10 to 3. Call in or visit our Facebook page to find out about our community events and activities on offer. The Croissant of Inequality. 55 to 57 Holt Road, Kensington. I'm in the kitchen of the uh, Kensington Bread Company on Holt Road, and uh, we're just speaking to uh, Owen McShane, who's, who's the, baker, the resident baker on the project. Tell us a little bit about sourdough bread. Sourdough bread—it's a—it's um, a more natural, uh, flavourful type of bread that uh, that takes a longer time to make, and it sort of—it uh, develops more flavour in the proving process. In ordinary bread, you use commercial yeast to make it rise and it rises in about an hour whilst with sourdough bread you make your own yeast that you capture from the air and you use that to prove your bread it's a slower gradual process and it unleashes more of the goodness it's good for you because basically it has a lower gi rating gi rating is the amount of sugar that is available in the bread by having a sourdough loaf you have more complex carbohydrates in your bread and you digest it slower, you feel fuller for longer and you don't feel like you need to have as much bread. It's better for you than a commercial white sliced loaf, definitely. I've been making sourdough bread for about seven years and in Kensington I've been doing it since May. I am fairly obsessed with bread and making it, so yes, it would be a bit of a mission. In one word, just tasty. The Kensington Bread Company specialising in sourdough bread 49 Holt Road, L7, 2pm. Open Tuesday to Saturday mornings. And if you've not tried it yet, why don't you pop in and try it? Liverpool Community Radio, 106.7 FM, New Delhi Cross, on me, Matty Grimes, uh, Frank's here. Yep. Hussein's here. Hello. Hello. Right, uh, we talked about what's on the headlines in the papers, so let's talk about some stories. Hussein, we'll start with you. Why have you found anything? Um, I have the the seventh heaven, uh, Liverpool, but I think you discussed this um, already. We have. I have have a man left. This is Echo. It's a man left fighting for life after stabbing. Oh, man. So uh, please give an extra stop and search powers. Um, That seems like a tough story. Uh, usual cheerful story in there. Yeah, we have. So, what have you got, Frank? Well, I just want to uh, mention um, that we're going to be talking, I believe, about the uh, upcoming Eurovision Madness mm-hmm. today's show. I know that Maddie's got some uh, some things to share. Yes. Um, but on a related note, well, very much related. <laughs> um, this is from uh, Echoes. Well. Uh, page seven, if you're interested, and um, it's to do with Airbnbs. Okay, now, as you know, the hotels have completely gone through the roof in terms of availability for people during the week of uh, uh, the um, Eurovision, and 
the um, Airbnb itself, the company, you know, have called on Liverpool residents to rent out their homes to help soften the Eurovision Song Cost accommodation crisis. So we're thinking, we're looking at thousands of fans just from uh, the world, not, I mean, you know, all over the world, not just the uh, UK, are going to be descending on this uh, city. And um, they're looking at uh, hotel prices, that, uh, as have been mentioned before, rocketing up to something like, you know, 700 pound to 1,000 for a night. Really? Yeah, I yeah. know. It, 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 it's it, crazy. It completely took me. Now, I know that match weekends... Prices go up, don't they? They do, yes. Uh, to two hundred, four hundred, you know, double. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been the victim of that when I when I was not living in Liverpool. We had to go further afield to find a combination. So you got to be careful with match weekends. But this is just throwing it into a whole other level. Okay, so they're looking at um, generally an Airbnb, um, having done it occasionally myself. Um, can be, you know, 100 quid, as much as 100 yeah, quid, which is ri ridiculous, because it's just a room, isn't it? Yeah, basically, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a room. It's a room. So so you get a room uh, to yourself or to, you know, wh whoever you're with or whatever. Um, but now um, they have all these little tricks where they give you a travel coupon, um, you know, if you're using uh, air... Uh, B and B for the first time during the dates of the contest. That sort of little, yeah, you know, little kind of uh, perk. You know, a perk mm. to say, okay, not only did you get the room, but you get a coupon. I don't know how it works, but it's just the company. They're trying to take advantage. But I would have thought to take a more positive view on this because um, they're just not looking at the 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 advantage a hotel can take. Yeah, true. You know, and uh, people are going to need places to, yeah, they are to stagger into after all their <laughs> uh, spending all their money in Liverpool that yeah. week. And um, it just says, just as a, uh, I think I said a second ago, the average nightclub nightly, sorry, the average nightly cost of a private room on Airbnb in Liverpool over the week of the show is 105, which you know, yeah, it's probably more than you expect, but. Um, you know, a Liverpool, um, if they have a, you know, a house, yeah, and they have a, a need to rent it out for more days than one night, you know, which is going to be the case because people want to be there for the prelims, don't they? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we're looking at five hundred quid. Yeah, you know, because you could get it, you can rent it out for five, you know, a, a ton. Yeah, a <laughs> hundred yeah. per 100, night, so that's yeah. five hundred quid. Yeah, um, just by sharing their spare room during the event. So they're home, you see. Now, one of the problems, as you guys probably know, with um, when they've left the uh, tenants, the renters, to their, um, you know, the guests, yeah. to their own devices and left the house, they come home and there's like a party of 100 people there. Yeah. I mean, that's a little bit ex exciting. Well, no, 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 no. You know, um, a party, throwing a party in someone's house that you don't <laughs> even live in. You know, that's a bit much, isn't it? Or or they trash the room or, you know, bad things happen. Yeah. And uh, Airbnb is, is, is great, though, because I know a lot of people, I'm sure you have as well, who go to New York or some foreign place, you know, and, and get a, a reasonable lodging. You know, for for relatively yeah, uh, quite reasonable. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. let's hope that that does come to some good, uh, because the hotel situation is off the 
cars. Yeah, of course. It's, it's off the mark, you know what yeah. I mean? Way yeah. over the, beyond the pale or whatever. Exactly. It's funny you should say that because tickets actually go on sale tomorrow at midday for Eurovision. Ah, of course. Now, they'll only be able to purchase a Ticketmaster, regardless of whatever country you're booking from, and you can only purchase tickets for one show at a time. You've got to have a Ticketmaster account to purchase tickets, and fans and encourage you to create their accounts in advance of tomorrow. Right, now, here we go. This is the fun bit, this, folks. Uh-oh. Tickets are priced from £30 to £290 for the semi-final shows. During and, the week, yeah. Yeah, from £80 to £380 for the grand final shows. You can, o- you can only buy tickets for one show at a time. For the three live televised shows, customers can purchase a maximum of four tickets in one order. For six preview shows, customers can purchase a maximum of six tickets per order. Still with me? Good. Right, just. So, just, yeah. No. First semi-final is the evening preview shows on Monday the 8th, which is the 8 o'clock. Then you get Tuesday afternoon is an afternoon preview show at 1.30. And then the live show is on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Then that's that's the first semi-final. Second semi-final, Wednesday and Thursday. There's a preview show on the Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Afternoon preview show, half one on Thursday. And live TV show on the Thursday at 8 o'clock. So you'll be able to buy tickets for that. And then the grand final, there's an evening preview show on Friday the 12th at 8 o'clock. Then the afternoon preview show on Saturday the 13th at 1 o'clock. And then the live show itself on Saturday the 13th at 8 o'clock. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 12 noon our time. Oh, boy. Although, as it says in the uh, thing go here, it says, Tickets will go on sale at midday UK local time, in brackets, 1300 Central European time. So there you go. Oh, and, yeah. That's, and uh, also, as well, I I think the government are subsidising 3,000 tickets for the... For Ukrainians who are over here as well, uh, this is only going only to oh, cost them 20 quid because Ukraine won it last year and we're, okay. we're hosting it on their behalf. Uh, also, I'd like to draw your attention to Mersey Trails, which is a heritage walk and tour by the art groupie. Our friend John McGuire was in on Wednesday. There's four different tours wow. there's the Liber Bird Safari Walking Tour, which, uh, which is good, the Beginner's Guide to Liverpool. The Mersey Music History Tour. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. And the Liverpool American History Walking Tour. Uh, lots of uh, stuff there to learn about. And if you want to get more details, go to the website, just www.artgroupie.org and book your tickets. Can I just mention that you can. the Quarnard Building, Quarnard Building yes. hosts the uh, is, uh, location of the uh, Museum of Popular Music. Do you know that place? Uh, it's a huge uh, area of the Cunard building. And I've been there a few times for events. You know, they have events. And uh, it co- covers popular music from the uh, late 1940s. It does. And as you know, people might know, uh, popular music didn't become a, a phenomenon until the mid-20th century. You know, there was no such thing as pop music in the 19th century. You know, it was just yeah, it was all classical. Well, yeah, but even pa- classical could be seen as pop music <laughs> uh, because it was the um, people who had a couple of quid who commissioned people like Mozart and, uh, to write music for their big, you know, social gatherings and yeah, stuff. Of course, I know it's not the same as pop music because you know they didn't have radio and stuff, but well, that's true. Uh, or telly, but. Um, it's just for those of you that like to tour and walk around um, the Pier Head, uh, the um, yeah. Tate Museum. Uh, obviously, come here, Frank Griffith Trio at the 
uh, nearby Mar Boyles, of course. <laughs> Pop in we, and see him. Where we played on Saturday. Um, uh, the popular history, that's what it's called, popular history. Popular music history. Sorry, it's easy to find. Yeah, it's easy uh, enough to I, find. And they have extraordinary uh, murals and uh, uh, video footage on, on the wall. You yeah. Know, these massive TV screens. Even bigger than the ones for Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be interesting. And it's quite a, quite a, n- a nice little feast of music. There you go. So, Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you. Right, Hussein, what have you got, my friend? What have you found? You found a story. Oh, uh, yeah, he's uh, hurriedly. He's, he's hurriedly looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's uh, hurriedly uh, looking for a story. I will, no, I will go back. Of them. I will, I'll go back to the story that I start with. With some, uh, it's in the Echo in Beach Four. Man fights for life after stabbing. Uh, this has happened. Um, I think yesterday in late, uh, and the police have been giving like uh, uh, like so has been called at ten p.m. Uh, they report that a man in his 20s has been stabbed. Uh, mm. They moved him to the hospital, um, and the police now take some um, extra cautions uh, and uh, searching off, uh, around the area uh, where, where it happened. Um, uh, unfortunately, I think uh, there was in page uh, 9, the two arrests after man is stabbed. Um, uh, okay. So yeah. this is Another story, but this is, I think, it's uh, different than yeah. the other one. And yeah, I've yeah. seen unique uh, to the other one. Yes, yeah. and and I've seen another one uh, this morning on the BBC. Uh, a man killed by stabbing in Not- uh, Tottenham, I think, in, in London. Yeah. Um, so. Did you say Tottenham? Tottenham, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it, North London. It's not a particularly salubrious area. Mm. Yeah. Sorry to it's say. It's a kind of like it, it seems like this week is full of stabbing. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, happening. yeah, you have um, cycles like that. The infamous um, shooting of uh, Mark Dugan in 2011, uh, which start, sparked off a huge uh, national um, riots. Do you remember that? In yeah, I remember. Yeah, and then Liverpool was not spared. I no, trust. No, I remember. But that. it was particularly. I remember that because I had like three or four gigs cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you remember yeah. things like But that did happen in Tottenham as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm not f- focusing no, on no, Tottenham because no. there's plenty of areas in, yep. in, in Liverpool and London that suffer from uh, knife crime. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a scourge. It's a scourge. It's, it's a scourge. It's, it's, it's really it's really awful actually. But but how you're you're from the states, Frank, right? Yeah, I grew up in the West Coast, uh, Oregon, but I lived in New York City. Okay. Which as you can imagine, um in that period, we're talking the uh, 80s and 90s mm-hmm. was a very very um crime-ridden place. Mhm. And I even saw the uh, business end of a butter knife once or twice, you know, mm-hmm. and it was relieved of seven dollars, <laughs> oh. which is they didn't even take my saxophone, which I can assure you is worth a lot more than seven dollars. <laughs> Just take um, the money. Uh, so yeah, it, uh, New York is uh, was a yeah very bad yeah. area for crime, and of course you uh, were aware of the riots that happened in New York, but nothing on the scale of what happened in uh, the UK no. in t- two thousand eleven. No. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Um, now, as you know, Liverpool played yesterday, beat Manchester United. Liverpool have released a statement that begun an immediate investigation to, to identify and ban the individual pitch runner from the game yesterday. Now, if you may have noticed when Liverpool scored their seventh goal, um, Curtis Jones and Andy Robertson went down injured. 
Now that was nothing to do with with football. Uh, the offender ran onto the pitch and collided with the players, risking injury to the oh, players as they celebrated the seventh goal. There's no excuse for the, this unacceptable behaviour and unacceptable and dangerous behaviour. Say the club, the safety and security of players, colleagues, and supporters is paramount. The club's now going to follow its formal sanctions process and has suspended the alleged offender's account until the process is complete. If found guilty of the offence and entering the pitch without permission, the offender could face a criminal record and life time banned from Anfield and all Premier League stadiums. These are dangerous, illegal and have these acts sorry are dangerous, illegal and have severe consequences. And that is absolutely um a statement from the club. I I have to agree with the club. It is ridiculous because I've I've seen footage of the um of he comes from one side of the pitch to the other. Oh and he's literally so you know he's literally running eighty I'd say about eighty meters to, to and it was wet, and he slid in, and he slid, but he's gone into the players. Now, these players, you know, they get injured. You know, they're going to spend time on, on the sidelines. Oh, and they're going to be ruined I mean, for the year. Yeah. The, you know, the the pitch response stewards, you know, went after him and got him, and uh, there was footage of Jürgen Klopp not being very happy with him. But this is, you know, this guy now is going to, has lost his membership or season ticket for the ground he will get a lifetime ban simple as it he's, he's found guilty of encro- encroaching into the playing area what, what, I mean not that he had to have a sensible motive but what was does it, do, do we know what no I think he's just excitement he's run he's run literally the length of the pitch the width of the pitch to get to join in but it's not just that you 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 know, it boggles the mind why someone would well, I mean, really break the law uh, uh, so blatantly. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but to to have a desire to get on the pitch. I mean, what what does that bring him? What I don't know, Frank. Notoriety or something? Probably. And it, it, I seen it earlier this season at um, the derby, the women's derby, Liverpool versus Everton, and there were six or seven pitch invaders who came on at different times. And I mean, a couple of them were kids. Yeah, you can understand kids find they're excited, but these, yeah, the others were, were grown adults no, who they, just decided to run on for the fun of it. They were not grown in any way. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's um, a, the minute you step onto that plane surface as sure. a fan, yeah. one, you're taking your own life in your hands because if something happens, you can't. There's nothing you can do. No Two, defense. it's there's an no immediate defense. fine. It's immediate five hundred pound fine, thousand pound fine, and it delays the game. It delays the game, which Plus, is not exactly uh, any good for anyone. Plus, as well, he's lost his uh, his account has been suspended, which means he won't be able to go to the game anymore. And you know, he will go to court. He will be prosecuted by the club. He'll be he'll be he destroyed. will be banned for life from Anfield and probably banned for life from every Premier League. And he thinks to himself, for that thirty seconds, is it worth it? <laughs> It's not. Uh, no. 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 Not at all. Not at uh, all. Right. Uh, oh, God. I've just read this one. Here we go. Uh, the Met Office and other forecasters. Oh, so it's not. Just, notice how the Met Office have put the blame onto other forecasters as well over this. Are predicting some snow for Liverpool this week as the north of England faces severe cold weather. I've not seen any it's penguins It's going to be yet. minus zero. Yeah. The, the UK Health Security Agency or the UK HSA in brackets, has previously issued a level three alert from today until midnight on Thursday due to a drop in temperatures for the north of England. A level two cold cold weather alert is in place for the remainder of England for the same time. So what they're saying is, is there's, there's a chance Liverpool is getting snow 
I'll believe that. This evening. The odd snow shower this evening. There's also a chance of more snow on Tuesday and Thursday, say the Met Office. Mm. As BBC forecasters are also predict a light snow in Liverpool on Thursday. AccuWeather, right, these people exist. Meanwhile, it gives an 86% chance of a covering of snow one to three centimetres thick in Liverpool overnight on Monday. And it Monday. also predicts a real te- real temperature of minus five at 10 o'clock. Oh, minus five. I might not uh, be able to get to work tomorrow. You might well <laughs> not be, indeed, young Frank. I'll have to walk. You may well have to, but anyway, just yeah. keep it going. And if it, if, if it you know, does snow in the morning, we did tell you in advance. Yeah, thank you for doing that. It's a pleasure. We're going to be uh, uh, sidelined if there's a significant amount of snow. It'll just bring everything to a halt. Yeah, you know, it's it not does. like uh, living in uh, no New York Norway, or anything. Yeah, you know? Norway, you just get. <laughs> oh no, New it. York was similarly sidelined, but not as bad. <laughs> yeah, true, true. You got another story here, essential place. For yeah, music. I on. got a very, very interesting one. Go on. for, for me, of course. <laughs> for you, of course. So, <laughs> it's uh, it's from Ukraine. Okay. Uh, it's a story in the eye in page fourteen. Get back to war zone to finish your degree. Students have been told. Wow. So, okay, so but here is here is an interesting part. It's only international medical students at the universities in Ukraine has been asked to go back to Ukraine to get the final exams Just in order to, 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 to graduate. The story goes on. It's a story by Tazali. Uh, uh, he's and I. And actually, it, it says that uh, international medical students at Ukrainian university, at a Ukrainian university, have been told they will be expelled if they don't return to the wow. war-torn country to take an exam. That's a big penalty, man. Overseas students, uh, overseas students enrolled at Somi State University in eastern Ukraine received a message from the university on Thursday saying it was preparing for, uh, to expel them. Uh, the problem, the, uh, the problem, it's only applied for third country uh, nationals and non-EU um, students, um, and this is mainly targeting people from Asia yeah. and Africa. Would do, uh, and, and this is. This is insane. Uh, and uh, the, the story actually uh, speaks to few people, for example, like Ajay. He's, um, he's from uh, northern India, and he said he will not be able to take uh, the foreign medical graduation examination in India in order to practice the diploma, the medicine in his country without his diploma in, in Ukraine. So uh, a lot of money has been spent on Ukraine, a lot of, but, but they ask him to go back yeah, to a war-torn country. Talk about changing the goalposts. To, 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 yeah. to take an exam, and and the problem is, it's only happening to third well, national. Uh, it's ridiculous, uh, isn't c- it? Country, it is ridiculous, and this is. I speak about systematic racism in in, in such an awful situation like this. I'm, I can't understand how how such a. And actually, by my cousin actually study in sure, a, in sure. in Ukraine. He's denti- He's studying dentistry. I'm not sure. I think he's in final year. I'm not sure if this applies to Might him or no, but, but it's insane. It's insane. Well, it could be yeah. that uh, that's kind of a uh, world equivalent of the EU or something. Maybe. Uh, which will govern on that. In other words, if, if there is a uh, body of people of governance that could say, well, no, this this is breaking the rules. You know, you've, they paid money. You know, this is this lawsuit or whatever. I mean, that sounds a little bit rich, but... Hey, you know, I mean, if you uh, if you're affected as if everything has gone to naught, you know, to nothing after all that investment, you know, you you you're you're making a deal with an institution, yep. aren't you? you yeah, you're paying you them to to provide you a piece of paper, what have you? Yeah, and and if if they don't, if they just completely 
uh, renege on that, you know, and say, well, no, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Then, you know, it's like you buy a it's, car and it doesn't run. You, it, yeah. You know. it, it is. It is frustrating, actually. Uh, the problem is, I, I think it, it, it's a way or another because um, a lot of these international students fled to the EU. For example, to Poland, for example, uh, because when the oh, right. the, and, yeah, that, that that might be a way to eject to get them out of Poland, because when they entered the EU, they entered as the refugees because they yeah. were actually residents in in um, sure in in in, UK, in, um, in Ukraine. For example, now I'm a resident here in the UK. I'm not a British citizen yet. If unfortunately, in uh, like an unfortunate case, you have probably what's uh, called a uh, right uh, to remain. Exactly, which is what I have. Yeah, but uh, if don't a war happens, maybe a, I don't know. Maybe I fled yeah. to to sure. Ireland sure, because sure. now this is where I live. That, that's a, that's a problem. But also with international students, um, the, I can't understand the discrimination um, against them. Um, it, it's a frustrating, uh, but also. Um, it's 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 interesting because um, I used to work with refugees before, um, sure. and mainly uh, from Syria and Afghanistan, and I met many many amazing professionals who were doctors, um, engineers, scientists, either, uh, but also because they don't they lost their degrees, they lost their their papers in the war, they actually had to restudy again from scratch. Oh. They, they didn't allow them to go to examination to test their skills and the, the claims that they're saying we are got a medicine. Actually, some doctors were practicing doctors, but they, <laughs> lost, they lost their certificate. They have to study from again uh, oh, from, from scratch. Talk I about have, milking. I, I have actually a friend of mine. I, I, would, I was working with him, and he had to study computer science. He was already had a degree in computer science, and he oh, has man. to study it for three years another Another three they, years. They get more money. Out and, of and the bay, and the actually bay for uh, for uh, at that time, I think it was paying his paying yeah the the home fees. But they have uh, documents of this online. In in because the war started in 2011 and 2012, really? that, they, that, they wouldn't have had uh, the the, uh, the uh, facility in which to document. Uh, there the might online. be the, of course there was some. Thing, but actually, the Syrian regime, for example, in Syria, they wouldn't release any of these documents. But the problem right, is because of yeah, because the origin yes, of where it was, yes. Yeah. But also, the uh, the UK government, for example, they wouldn't uh, uh, accept it as a degree, or even if it's just a copy, it has to be the original sure. certificate to be certified. Yeah, because it, it could be it could be faked online. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. But there's all there's all sorts of ways to That's solve why these you situations. Have to, they had to bring your passport, you know. Exactly. Because it, it could be faked. It, but, but there is a lot of verification can could be done for this because these yeah. are just human beings. There is, I don't know. Anyway, well, it's... So uh, you got to prove you paid for something online, Yeah. You? Uh, yeah. Uh, via some kind of financial, you know, proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but, but this one, it can be done, for example, for doctors. They can go into a series of examinations that test... Their sure. knowledge and and I don't know get one year or two years programs that actually elevate or recognize what they have done because a practicing doctor for twenty years for example and start going to college again to to go back to the sure. the profession that he's no no doing, that's completely that's that's that was insane that would stop people seriously uh, me, I especially if they had families or they had other commitments by I, that point in their life. I have seen pharmacists, doctors, engineers stop working. Why? Because yeah. they have no verification of, as they're not seen, and that's that's another problem actually with with what's happening now in in Ukraine. Anyway, it's uh, education. I'm critical to the whole education system. 
Right. Worldwide, um, anyway. If it's okay, uh, uh, Maddie, I'd like to um, yeah. take a little uh, break and pay a musical tribute, if we yes, could. Yes, indeed. Because we have a guest coming in. And um, we lost one of the great um, musicians of, of uh, jazz um, in the history of jazz. <laughs> uh, he was 89. His name was Wayne Shorter. And he was from Newark, New Jersey. And he played with Miles Davis. And he played in his own groups as well. Uh, one of the most famous being uh, Weather Report. Which is playing underneath. And we're going to hear a track. Yeah. And uh, his name is Wayne Shorter. And uh, as I said, he was 89. And I uh, got to know his music quite well. Reviewed him at the Barbican in London once. Uh, he just did everything. And uh, the world of music, not just jazz, is mourning uh, one of the greats. And um, those of you that uh, listen to the Jazz Cavern won't be surprised <laughs> to learn that my show tomorrow, from 3 to 5 p.m., will be featuring a lot of Wayne Shorter. So you'll get to hear more then if you like his music. I think you will because he's so multiversed. And as I uh, sidle off to the, um, to the uh, next room, I'm just going to have Maddie bring the volume up a little bit and listen to one of the pieces he recorded in the late 70s called Young and Fine. Was it Wayne? That was Wayne Shorter and a piece he recorded in the 1970s. Believe it or not, okay. I was very young then. And <laughs> it's a piece um, with this band, Weather Report, called Young and Fine. So, R.I.P. R.I.P. Wayne Shorter. Thank you. There you go. Okay. And with that, we'll play some music. Uh, that worked. That's better. Uh, we'll play this one, Mark Leslie Evergreen. Coming up very shortly, hopefully, fingers crossed, is going to be Helen from, uh, L- used to be LCA, now S-O-A-R. We'll explain all more later. Right now, Mark Leslie stands by to sing. I'm gonna take this 
Four minutes is just not long enough to eat a sandwich. Liverpool Community Radio 106.7 FM, New Delhi Cross on me, Matty Graham. Two Saints here. Hello. Frank's nipped out for a coffee. Not new there. Uh, and hopefully in about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes time, Helen from uh, Helen Fisher from LCA, or used to be LCA, mm-hmm. now SOAR, uh, is going to join us. Uh, we'll chat all things to do with that. But between now and then, we'll carry on with some stories. Uh, if you say, what have you got, mate? Okay. Uh, I like to go a little bit international. Because I find a lot of uh, the international yeah. stories quite interesting. Okay. This story from Japan. It's in the eye in Beach 25 today. So it's kill or be killed. But Yakuza gangsters are endangered species in 2023. So um, I'm not sure if you know that, but uh, Japan has a, one of the biggest mafia in the whole world. Yes. It's, it's uh, called... The, the, um, oh, and, and, oh... 
the name escapes me. You're about yeah. to tell me the name. Yeah. Yakuza. Thank you. Yeah, Yakuza. Yeah, yeah. Now, isn't right? Isn't Yakuza where if you send a, um, a white white rope, white, white flower means you? I think so. Yeah, there is yeah. a lot of interesting yes <laughs> things and yes. symbols about it. Yes. So this story is really interesting. It, it speak about a little bit a brief history about this Yakuza mafia and how they started and how they were kind of like um, uh, one of the most powerful mafias in the whole world and how they controlled the politics and power in in uh, in, in Japan and controlled all the wealth and money and mm. uh, and and one of the interesting facts I didn't know before it's that the Yakuza um, mastermind is he was a guy like a very famous guy in the 50s uh, I had heard the name before he's called uh, Yushu uh, Kodama uh, this guy actually established the Japan now ruling party, uh, the Liberal Democra- Democratic Party, which is quite interesting. Uh, a party <laughs> that has been uh, yeah. r- made by a mafia, mastermind. Anyway, the the story goes on that they couldn't find recruits uh, to young people, gangsters to recruit at the moment, because now with the anti-mafia and anti-Yakuza stream that they're going um uh, against now with the, the government and the the public they're going ant- against the mafia and it's a very very interesting mafia as well because it's not secret like the Sicily uh, Cosa Nostra uh, and the Italian yeah. Omer- mafia Omerta the, the keeping your mouth closed yeah yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. they call it Omerta yeah the, the Yakuza is more open <laughs> it's 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 a quite kind of like and it's you need to pay membership fees uh, to 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 join, to join them to, yeah. to to join them if you can't afford that actually you would be expelled or you need to um, uh, to leave uh, one of the rituals as well it's uh, to lose one of your fingers uh, so if you are uh, I think bit, I'll just pay my dues thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I need him for my work <laughs> so actually uh, there is a guy a mafia guy here uh, in, in the picture he's called uh, T- uh, Takano and he said I don't have all my fingers so I'm obvious I'm a Yakuza uh, yeah, because oh man, what because, a way to show off! Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, anyway. The the it's it's about a guy as well that he left the um, uh, the the uh, the yakuza and he's now telling his stories about the mafia and about yakuza yeah. in YouTube. Uh, telling you make a couple of quid that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that it would make him famous and also it would make like it's inter- really really interesting. Uh, Maybe he can buy a new hand or something. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so actually, it's um, it's now they're facing a crisis. Uh, they, Are they uh, really? The, yes. Wow. They they they're facing a crisis to recruit new people now. With oh, because it's so yeah, be, because a, a war happened, a gang war happened in the ni- in the nineteen eighties. Uh, it's uh, it was gang war yeah, between the Yakuza yeah. gangs, and this actually led to uh, uh, rights and uh, sure. from the public against sure, these sure. mafia and it how the police has to be uh, act very very strictly on these uh, gangs. And now since then, since the eighties, they've been their power and their authority now quite reducing, and yeah. now they're facing there is no future for them at the moment. With wow. Japan trying to find solution e- economic and social. So social solutions to, yeah. to to the problem, and which is kind of like interesting and promising how how they can deal with these kind of gangs. Well, you mentioned uh, governmental connections to uh, mafiosi. Um, Silvio Berlusconi, uh, who's only about eighty-seven now. <laughs> uh, was, I was waiting for him to get brought up, as as well as being the uh, 
premier, the prime minister of Used Italy. to be. Yeah, but he was there for a good while. He was. And uh, he was also the richest citizen in the entire Italy. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that mm. there's a lot of politicians that are quite well-minted. You know. Yeah, well, we're talking about... But, I about mean, someone who controlled so many things yeah. by the sheer power of his wealth, not him, him being a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're talking about, you know, mafiosa, and you're talking about the, the, the Japanese version. But if I'm right, Frank, and you can pick me up on this wasn't it the likes of frank sinatra and the rat pack back in the late 50s 60s, 60s yeah. who were in with the mafia over there in in, in well in not, las not vegas no, but yes there was new york a lot of allegations and he was allegedly no no sinatra was tried for it he but, had an interest really? in the sahara hotel which is one of the big uh, you know, gambling and and the mafia were hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. For for decades. Yeah. Uh, but then, of course, uh, the feds. You know, the government, uh, led by Kennedy. Yes. Interestingly, because he and Frank Sinatra fell out big time because of Frank's connections with the mob. Because Kennedy and his brother Robert F. Kennedy have both sort of, you know, not sort of, but sadly, yeah, were assassinated in the sixties. Um, were. Uh, you know, very, very effective in, in, in putting, like the same thing uh, Hussein was describing, uh, putting uh, really the pins and needles on the mob. You know, yeah. they really, and the mob today, and we're talking 50 years ago, obviously, but I mean, it's nothing like it was. The the, the mob grew to its height in uh, America during the Prohibition, which yeah, was course. in the 1930s. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was a 16-year, well, 14-year period of... Uh, it wasn't illegal to drink alcohol. It was illegal to sell alcohol. alcohol. Which is, see, you think, well, you well, know, what's the difference? <laughs> what's the difference? Well, because if you can't get alcohol, then you might not drink it, you know. Yeah. But they had speakeasies. They had these Yeah, they had speakeasies, didn't they, where and, they could and, go and So there was, uh, it was reputed, uh, it was called the Volstead Act, which is the name of the senator or some mm, geezer mm-hmm. who, who wrote that. You know, they have to write an act out before, you know, they have to publish something. You know, and that's usually named after, like, a doctor discovers a disease. They yeah. Name the disease after the doctor. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hodgkinson's lymphoma yeah. is a good example. Loads of them. Uh, and, yeah, so anyway, I'm just saying, yes, uh, Maddie, you're correct. However, Sinatra was under the scrutiny of the law for since he was in the, you know, 1940s. Yeah, because he was a big star then, wasn't he? Yeah, they, they called him the Bobby Soxers. Yeah, you know the young women who just you know it was like Elvis, you know, oh. ten years before. You know what I mean? Uh, and then yeah, he got in. He got involved in uh, gaming, which is uh, running a venue that gambles gaming. Okay, the word gaming and yeah, gambling. Yeah, it's a gambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and sure enough, uh, he got tried, and there's loads of documentation of it. That he's of, connected to the mafia. Oh, absolutely! But he got off, and, and legitimately. Legitimately, yeah. Okay. Well, that's just, it's its a theory, isn't it? But m- what I'm saying is he didn't do himself any favors hanging out with those lads. But at the same time, he kept enough distance. Well, you're, you know? you're innocent until proving guilty, I think. Well, that's the one, yeah. yeah. And he, he wasn't like the sort of bloke you'd want to invite to uh, Sunday dinner or whatever. But, <laughs> um, you know, he was a genius at uh, at being... So many good things to so many people, yeah. wasn't he? As a as a singer and as a mm. he, he 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 put his hand in his pocket a lot, you know. Yeah. Lots of people were ill. 
they had uh, serious financial issues going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, famous people, but not so famous people. And he put his hand in his pocket, you know, and yeah. that's a, a sign of, you know, it's a heroic gesture yeah. to, it, to, to help out and not just like give it lip service, you know? Yeah. Now, what you told me now, it, it's, I, I just reminded um, a documentary I've seen few months ago it was about the american mafia and how the the films like goodfellas and the godfather yeah uh, yeah. It, yeah it changed how the mafia oh, were, were por- was portrayed in the american um, yeah. and how, how how actually it recruited more to the mafia and to the gangs more than ever because they actually showed that it, mafia it's all about family yeah. it's about brotherhood it's uh, about uh, honor it's not just about uh, gangs yeah no there was a film made I don't know whether you actually seen it called Casino um, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've seen that film Sorcisi yeah Sorcisi yeah, so, 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 yeah he, Scorsese he did, wasn't it yeah. Scorsese so I can't yeah. even say his name. it's it's a it's <laughs> a bugger to 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 spell yes yeah, yeah, it's got the C's and R's yeah and exactly S's and E's. But, but can I just say I, 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 I was too young believe it or not if that's possible what for? to see The Godfather when it came out okay because in America did, did you like it? no I was too young but I uh, saw it yeah but I had to be 18 or something you know okay so in other words when it came out it was I was like 12 you know mm, I mean, yeah. you can't go see a movie unless you're you know clever so yeah as it happened uh, that was the first movie to, to hit the the big screen, yeah, and the book. I read the book. I mean, the book is even better. If that, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mario Puzo, yeah, uh, and that was a that was a huge breakthrough, and that was probably communicated in this doc you saw that it was the first portrayal of the mafia. Yeah, that that started off what's been, what, well, getting on to seventy fifty years now. Yeah, yeah at least yeah. yeah. You're getting on to fifty years of mafia movies all the way up to you mentioned Casino. Yeah. yeah. Uh Goodfellas another one. Uh there's something called the, the Irishman. Irish man. The yeah. Irish I think the, the Irishman. Irish yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Bob uh De, De, Niro De Niro and his pal. Uh Al Pacino. Al Pacino as yeah well. they always yeah. seem to be the ones that play the roles in there. Yeah. Yeah, but they play Irish guys, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's that same it's, yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I just want to end this story because sure. it's to speak about this, actually. So uh, to, to rely on numbers, it's in, two, in 2011 in, in the Yakuza, there was more than 70 uh, members, 70,000 members of the Yakuza. 70,000. Uh, yeah. that, that's a big number for, yeah. for a gang. But nowadays, it's only 24,100. So yeah. this is more. It's the, a third the, of what it was. Thir- yeah, third of what was actually. That's quite a drop. <laughs> bad drop in ten years, uh, in twelve years, and I think they would be reducing um, uh, more. Uh, the story ends with yakuza's with a beautiful woman, uh, with a beautiful woman and a new car that used to be cool, but this it's not like this anymore. So yeah, this well. it's it, it's uh, it's speaking about the ending. Of the Yakuza and the Mafia yeah. in, in, in the Japan. And what's in, really interesting now in Japan, I'm not sure if you heard about the uh, the Japan, the Japanese wave and the anime and the, the the actually having really, really interesting stories. They're using animation to uh, to sell their stories to the world and their culture. And, and wow. a lot of them actually include a lot of stories and a lot of uh, sets about the Mafia. And now I think... Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Japan is really interesting. Uh, it's it's extraordinary. Well, culture. don't forget that Japan is an island, you know, and it's a distinguished island for many reasons. Like I I I've never been there, but you know, 
as it turns out, my father uh, was in the Korean War in the 1950s. Really? Yeah, he was involved. Uh, I teach, actually, about the Korean yeah, War. Yeah, yeah. And he was American, obviously, and uh, he, he didn't do any active service in terms of fighting. Okay. But um, he was stationed um, for a year or so um, at, in this place called Okinawa. Okinawa. Which is an island as well. Mm. And so they were holding up the fort, as it were. Near to yeah. Korea, but this is just in Japan, the, right? The memories he shared with us uh, w- was him playing football, American football, in Okinawa. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they were doing. So that's pretty nice uh, memory of going to the army to play football. But, um, uh, d- but yeah, it's an island. It's a distinguished island in the respect that the innovation in Japan. I mean, I could talk for days. I w- won't about Yamaha. The company of Yamaha. Yeah, I mean, they, they make they, everything. Yeah. And they make motorcycles. And they make all every mu- musical instrument you can imagine. Okay, because yeah. that's why yeah, I yeah, like yeah. them so much. But, I mean, that one company, you know. And isn't Suzuki another big, uh, huge, uh, they made motorcycles. I mean, just their enterprise and their resources, you know. And then, of course, the... All the um, hijinks that go on with, you know, they have royalty in Japan, you know, and they've had a lot of uh, scandals yeah. with royalty. D- you know? D- do you know that the inflation rate in, in Japan w- is zero for the last yeah. 25 That's years? Imma- incredibly interesting. The, the, the prices are still the same for over 30 years. That's and yet Tokyo is one of the most expensive cities it, it is still, to, yeah. to go on a holiday. Yeah, yeah. And there's a really high incidence, well, probably all over the uh, forest, of smoking, just smoking cigarettes in Japan, isn't there? It's, it's very interesting. It's a very, very interesting. Uh, I wonder if they've country. outlawed smoking indoors in, in uh, the Far East as they have in the West. Mm. You know, because there was a time when there was, you know, you could smoke anywhere in the, in the UK, couldn't you? And now... It's it's finally caught up, and did you know that England itself was the last one yeah. to ban smoking? Mm-hmm. Wales uh, preceded them, uh, Scotland, Ireland even, you'd think Ireland. And then, of course, the other countries like France and Spain, and it's quite interesting, isn't it? it is. Just I'll tell you what's interesting, Rob, talking about Okinawa, and you said your father was... Yeah, yeah. It was actually used in the Karate Kid party. i not really? Surprised. Yes, it was used. And the it's a big military base in the Second War. You yeah. See. Okinawa yeah. Yeah. was very and, uh, handy for the Americans to um, to use as their kind of fortress because it yeah. wasn't on the island mm. of you know Japan. But then, of course, um, later on, as you know, in 1945, um, a lot of Japan was destroyed. Yeah, I mean, t- not one, but two atom bombs. Yeah, hello. So, yeah, Hiroshima, Osaka, Nagasaki. and Hiroshima. Hiroshima, and Nagasaki. Yeah. Oh, Nagasaki. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so your your dad hasn't been to the Korean Peninsula in, in during the war because no, I think he was posted on Okinawa. They just sent little little groups of troops, oh. didn't they? To the groups of troops to uh, man one particular stronghold, yes. and not in fact uh, the Korean War. Of course, was another. Unnecessary war to do with uh, communism, isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was North Korea was the baddies. It, it wasn't actually North Korea and, and South Korea at that time. It was only one Korea, and actually, after the independence from Japan, they were two big parties. That's when it. They, they want to actually control one party or one like the the liberals, uh, the capitalists. I would say 
versus uh, communists actually each wanted to control the whole Korea. But sure. but the war led to this separation between North Korea and, and South Korea. But it killed millions of people. It's one of the worst untold uh, well, c- wars in the whole world. And it's, it went for like two years. Uh, yeah, th- I think yeah, three, a bit longer. Th- th- yeah, yeah, a bit longer. Well, well as years. you know, uh, Kim Young Song Jun is under. Well done for saying his name correctly. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I just got a just like Kim. I, I just got a few of the O's right. <laughs> But uh, the thing is, the guy is under some kind of speculation as to even if he's what he's doing now. He's completely gone undercover, hasn't he? Yes. Oh, there you go. I've just seen our guest arriving. <laughs> Helen is here, so hey. we're gonna we are going to get Helen in. We're gonna give we'll her a chance a to break. sit down. We'll <laughs> see. Maybe we'll speak about. Don't forget, folks. Your history lesson will be back next week. Thank you very uh, much. <laughs> if you didn't go to school. Why go to school and you just listen to LCR? No, I'm only joking. Please, no, because that's education boredom. Again, Maddie. Again, yeah. We'll play this and then hopefully join us after this is Helen Fisher. Right now is the Beatles we love.
This isn't just any community cafe. It's a grass-rooted, gregarious, friendly, affordable, home-baking, isolation-reducing, healthy eating, freshly brewing, welcoming, inspirational community cafe. The Croissant of Inequality Community Cafe, 55 to 57 Holt Road, Kensington, L7, 2pm. We sell freshly ground and brewed Italian coffee for only one pound a mug, plus a range of teas, kombucha, toasties, jacket potatoes, snacks, delicious homemade soups. We also sell our own sourdough bread for only £1.50 a loaf. Pay by cash or card. Eat in or take away. Open Monday to Friday, 10 to 3. Call in or visit our Facebook page to find out about our community events and activities on offer. The Croissant of Inequality, 55 to 57. Holt Road, Kensington. I'm in the kitchen of the uh, Kensington Bread Company on Holt Road, and uh, we're just speaking to uh, Owen McShane, who's, who's the, baker, the resident baker on the project. Tell us a little bit about sourdough bread. Sourdough bread, it's a... Um it's a more natural, uh, flavourful type of bread that, uh, that takes a longer time to make and it sort of uh, it develops more flavour in the proving process. In ordinary bread you use a commercial yeast to make it rise and it rises in about an hour. Whilst with sourdough bread you make your own yeast that you capture from the air and you use that to prove your bread. It's a slower, gradual process and it unleashes more of the goodness. It's good for you because basically it has a lower GI rating. GI rating is the amount of sugar that is available in the bread. By having a sourdough loaf, you have more complex carbohydrates in your bread and you digest it slower, you feel fuller for longer, and you don't feel like you need to have as much bread. It's better for you than a commercial white sliced loaf, definitely. I've been making sourdough bread for about seven years, and in Kensington I've been doing it since May. I am fairly obsessed with bread and making it, so yes, it would be a bit of a mission. In one word, just tasty. The Kensington Bread Company, specialising in sourdough bread. 49 Holt Road, L7, 2pm. Open Tuesday to Saturday mornings. I always say if you want to get one pop into the cafe of croissants of inequality if you listen to the latest editions we're not here liverpool community radio 106.7 fm new daily cross on me matty grams hussein's over there hello frank has gone somewhere don't know again. where he's again he's around somewhere uh, delighted to be joined now i we i've got to get this right formerly of lca now of saw which is signs of a rainbow helen fisher hello hell good afternoon how are you i'm very well thank you right so every, everyone's gonna go hang on uh, she used to be LCA. What happened? So let's just let's just fill the listeners in what happened because last time we spoke, it only just happened, hadn't it? Well, um, was it January? You were no, just, um, it was in January. Yeah. yeah, but it was all very. Um, sadly, Liverpool Community Advice um, ceased to exist on the twenty second of December um, due to the pandemic and what other reasons. Uh, we asked, we ran out of funding, hmm. so we had to go into voluntary liquidation. Um, Sadly, all our employees, including myself, got made redundant, um, and the, clo- the doors closed. Um, and there's all these clients who were 
desperate for our help because we were the only one who saw people face to face, did home visits, etc., etc. Um, and luckily, I'd like to say that, that my colleagues have all got jobs elsewhere. Um, obviously, other, other organisations realised their expertise and didn't want to lose it. So, thankfully, we're all we're all back at working. Um, and what I've done is I've set myself up as a community interest company called Signs of a Rainbow, which is to work with families um, affected by autism and deaf and visually impaired people. Um, so that's a community interest company for which I've got some funding for, not very much, but it's, it'll start. Um, and then also, um, as you know, I used to come here and I used to talk about various things, about welfare benefits and energy, etc., etc., and I used to also post on the LCA website, uh, sorry, Facebook page, yep. any bits of information. Have you applied for your warm home discount? Have you done this? Um, you, you know, train fares are going up, etc. Um, so for a, for a long time now, I have actually had my own business, which is called Finsk Training and Support. Um, and that's to do with financial education. And I run training sessions on, on budgeting and getting the best deal and energy efficiency, that sort of thing. Um, but that took sort of a bit of a back step while I was working for Liverpool uh, Community Advice. So um, that's back up and running now. So um, I have done a few uh, training sessions with um, Evolving Mindsets, which is a, um, another community interest company who works with people with mental health problems. Mm. So we've been do- working with them. I'm doing some more training later on in March. Um, so if anybody needs any financial training, do- please get in touch. Um, and then also as part of my sort of Fintz profile, I will be resurrecting the LCA Facebook page and posting <laughs> stuff on about um, when you're going to get your, your state pension rise and, and etc. Yeah. things like that. So please follow me on Finsk uh, Financial um, <coughs> Education Facebook page. And where the name came from, it's an anagram of my late husband's initials. Ah, so, right. so he's involved in it as well. Yeah. Can so I, go on. Sorry, sorry, sorry can I ask a question? Sorry, because it's really, really interesting, uh, Helen. Um, uh, what is financial education uh, like? I, I know that you heard, you spoke about it briefly, but what's it right. really involved? Right. On Have you heard of Martin Lewis? Sorry. Have you heard of Martin Lewis? Y- yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Martin Lewis is is my guru. He's he's my my worship. Martin Lewis, right? And he does all things like getting getting the best out of your money. So, for example. Um, shopping around for your car insurance don't just renew it um looking at budgeting when you go into the supermarket by things like making a list and only buy what's on the list um checking your gas and electricity and making sure you've got you've sent in um your meter readings regularly um looking to see whether there's more welfare benefits that you're entitled to to make so you're getting more money for yourself checking your tax code um he's on on a tuesday night he's done a whole series of um of programs, you know, literally about everything, and and that's what I do. So I, I so as I say, I've been working with um, evolving mindsets, uh, with with um, people who've got some sort of mental health issues, and we've been doing a series of um, sessions on budgeting, getting the best deal, um, different types of bank accounts, choosing affordable credit, um, energy efficiency, and and looking at your energy bills. And dealing with debt as well, which is a big thing to do with mental health problems, dealing that, that, with debt that, and mental health problems. That, that's really interesting, actually, because I, I, I tend to work with young people and children. Uh, and one thing that I found, it doesn't exist in the national curriculum. It's about financial education. Right. It, it, it is actually in the national curriculum. 
Um, but academies don't have to do the national curriculum. They don't have to follow it. And where it's been put in the national curriculum, it, this ends up com- coming back to politics again. The Labour Party, when they were in power, um, were very keen to have it as part of the national curriculum as a separate entity. So you did maths, geography, history, financial education. Mm. Um, when the Tories got into power, um, Martin Lewis, who, who sort of has instigated all of this about financial education in schools, um, he spoke and they said, right, we'll, yeah, we'll put it in the national curriculum, but where it is in the national curriculum is part of the maths curriculum, mm-hmm. right? So it's hidden away in the maths curriculum. Now, I used to be a teacher, mm. um, and I've still got, you know, friends who are teachers and that, and, and it's particularly maths teachers who have contacted me and said, Helen, have you got any material? Because we've got nothing to do with financial education. The math textbooks are maths, and... The priorities we've got is getting people A stars. Yeah. Exactly, of course. Yeah. It's about the exams so, yeah. and not the practical so, stuff. So, so we're, we, we're not doing that because it doesn't matter. And that's the problem, that it doesn't matter. So um, what Martin Lewis has done is he's funded a textbook um, which can be downloaded for all schools, but it just, pretend, it just depends on how much schools believe in financial education yeah. and and sadly they don't now going back like literally 30 years when I was teaching we did financial education as part of our PHSE yeah. and, and I would have a group of children and we'd learn about what's gross pay, what's net pay what does national insurance go towards um, what's the point in having a works pension, understanding your pay slip understanding what's the difference between direct debits and standing orders, mm. how to fill in a cheque at the time when you, you know, yeah. right, right, understanding what's the difference between a debit card and a credit card. We'd have somebody from the bank who'd come and speak to the children, um, particularly the sixth formers, you know, we're going off to university and we'd have their student grant and they got to budget it. Um, and as part of the school, we used to run the school bank. So my sixth formers who were doing an NVQ in business administration would run the school bank and the children would come along and open a bank account for the, with a pound and then when and they we encourage them to save every every week wow. and they come and pay another pound and when they got to 50 pound they get a prize off the bank yeah. and, and 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 we'd have a presentation and somebody from the bank would come and you know give a big presentation and people get stiff certificates and that was like as i say 30 years ago and since then it it, it it's like disappeared which yeah. i think is tragic because you can't expect people to be able to budget their money if they've never been taught. Yeah, I, exactly. I've never been taught to how to budget money until I've been to independent and been in the sea to in the world of finance and I have yeah. to survive. But what you're saying here, what you're telling us here, it's r- crucial and important. Uh, I think it's something that I should actually include with the children. I, I work in, I do different projects actually, supplementary stuff that we do at after out of school. Uh, yeah. curriculum that we do and I think that's something that I, I would be well, interested well, well perhaps we could have a chat because as I course. say I, yeah. I, I, I run training sessions for I've done some stuff actually um, 2011 it was 2010 and it was um, it was funded by um, the university and it was like an experiment of doing financial education in primary schools and we picked three primary schools in poorer areas of Liverpool um, and three in more affluent areas in Liverpool, 
and we we said to the parents, would you like to come and sit in on the on the lessons? And what was really interesting was the parents from the children in affluent areas said, we don't need to because our children won't need to budget. They won't need because we've got yeah. plenty of money. Of money. And that's a load of, our, that's a load yeah. of garbage. Whereas the ch- children who were in the poorer areas, their parents came along and probably their parents are actually more equipped to budget because they haven't got much money. So they have to budget to make sure that they can feed yeah. everybody. Um, and it was part of a research project and it, it was really interesting. Um, and, you know, when we did sort of wants and needs and what would you take to a mm, desert island yeah. with you and getting the kids to sort of think the kids were about, I think they were about eight or nine. Um, and, I mean, I would love it to be taught in primary school because um, I really think it's it's, it it's, it's like more important than some other subjects. Like, what do you use algebra for? Good you question. Know, you know. Um, I haven't ever used al- algebra yet. No, and, and you know, I mean... <laughs> I mean physics and you know and, and all this lot. I mean, yeah. if you want to specialise in it, that's fine. That's fair but, enough, yeah. But but you know, I think it should be. I mean, I think financial education and British Sign Language should be taught in all schools. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you on that one. So what what is it this month then? So I, is there some good news on the I, horizon? Well, I was quite I was quite happy this morning. I was thinking, oh, I can go and be positive for a change. <laughs> yeah, because um, every time you've you come know, in, I mean, it's like doom and gloom, but like. Right, all benefits are getting a ten percent pay rise. Yes, right, which is considerably more than they've had for years. And and and, and all things like job seekers allowance and that they didn't have any rise for, for a number of years anyway. Um, so everybody on benefits is getting ten percent pay rise. So that's really really good. Um, the people who are on benefits are going to get this nine hundred pound cost of living. Um, yeah, I've read about this. Now, it says the means tested benefits. So just explain to the listeners what that is. Some right. of them might know, some of them right. might not. Right. right. Means tested benefits are job seekers allowance, employment support allowance, income support, working tax credit, and child tax credit, and housing benefit. Right. Those are the six means tested benefits. Okay. And there's also pension credit for uh, people on, over the age of pension, pensionable age. Right. And we've talked about pension credit. We times. have. Um, people on universal credit, some people will be able to get it, some people won't. So the people who are on universal credit, which they've been migrated to because they were on ESA or Job Seekers Labs, that sort of thing, um, they will get it. The people who are on working tax credit and don't get very much, and uh, sorry, on universal credit because it, they're working yeah. and it's topping up their income by a bit, they're probably not eligible for it because they're earning too much money, right? But the government... We'll, we'll know whether you're entitled to yeah. it or not, in theory. Yeah, One hopes. in theory. Yeah, um, and, and, and it will just get paid into the bank account that you have your benefit paid into. Now, the first payment should be around now. Right. Um, but they haven't given us a date. There will be an next payment sort of towards the end of the summer, um, which will <coughs> be a smaller payment, and then the third payment, yeah. winter time. Um People who are getting a disability-related benefit, such as DLA, PIP, and attendance allowance, will get also get the £150 that they got last year. Mm. And pensioners will also get the extra £300 that they got last year. And it'll come in a package with their winter fuel allowance. So pensioners will get sort of £500 yeah. instead of £200 or whatever. So that, that's really good news. That's good news. Um, and also... Um, the the business with the price cap, the energy price oh, cap. Oh yes, the, the the one the government put in, the one that Liz Trust said it was going to run for two years, and then Jeremy Hunter, no, it's only running until March. And 
and all sorts of a mess. What's happened is the wholesale price of gas has come down globally. Um, so therefore, the energy price cap is now lower than what the government set theirs at. Yeah. So that where they said nobody's going to pay more than £3,000, which isn't true, it's, 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 it's the average family. And, and I think I've explained before what this means is it's like, if you think of gas as being petrol, you know, the price of petrol is going to stay at £1.50 a litre. Yeah. But it depends on how much you use. If you use a lot of petrol because you drive lots of places, you'll pay more. Yeah. If you don't, you just go up the shops on a Friday, um, then you'll pay less. So it's two, two and a half thousand, three thousand. It's not how much everybody's going to pay. It just depends on your usage. That's now being capped higher than what the energy price cap is. So I think spearheaded by Martin Lewis again. Um, and signed off by like about 100 different charities they've said well this is this is madness so scrap the government bit and let's just go with the energy price cap yeah. that's off gem set because it's cheaper now the government are sort of oh we have a look at it looks at this i suspect that what the government will do it will be in the budget and then the budget so jeremy hunt will look aren't i kind i'm aren't yeah. I, right it's, it's like a good it's like something in the budget that they're taking the credit for um, for being nice to people, um, yeah. when it actually is common sense. Yeah. C- can I ask a question here? Course, right, so, uh, because I know that there is a lot of there is a crisis now of paying the bills. So, is there any kind of support offered to people who cannot like paying their their their, but, their but, bills? Well, as I've just said about this, nine hundred pound for people on benefits. Okay. Right. Um, <clears throat> there is this, the um, household support scheme, which the government has given money to every council. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can apply to the council to get to get help. Now, the problem we've got in Liverpool is that every authority got a certain amount of money, not based on how many people in that authority live in fuel poverty. Yeah. It, it, so Liverpool, it's like you've got to stretch the bowl of spaghetti yes. out between more and more people, if you <laughs> see what I mean. Um, so I, and, and it was running till March, so... so it, that's probably run out in Liverpool and, and Nosley, and, and yeah. you know, because there's so many people in full pure poverty here. Um, and they're saying about you know doing it again next month, next year. So hopefully they're going to give the council some money, but I don't know how much. It, it, yeah, they're not set out the. Um, and that's not just for fuel poverty. That could be for all sorts of things. You you know you mm. apply. Um, the, obviously they've altered the warm home discount this year. Um, and, it, and from what I can gather, it hasn't worked. Whereas in previous years, you used to have to apply for it, and it was £140, and you got it around March time if you're on prepayment meters. Um, and this year, the DWP said they knew who you were, so they were going to give you the money. Um, and they were, they were also including in that, it wasn't just people on means-tested benefits or low income, it was to do with the energy efficiency of your house. And I'm not quite sure how the government knows how if energy efficiency houses, to be honest. Um, so loads and loads of people haven't had it. Um, the end of this month will be the last of the £66 a month that yeah. everybody was getting. Um, everybody got £400 um, off their energy bills, uh, and it was paid at £66 a month. Now, people on prepayment meters haven't been cashing in these vouchers 
because they think they're junk mail, right? So if you're on a prepayment meter and you haven't been receiving a £66 voucher every month, you need to check your so, bins or something. Yeah. So these £66, is it goes to the electricity it, accounts or well, the, it, ga- the, it, the gas? It, and right. It's, it goes on electricity because everybody's got electricity and not, not, you know, not everybody's got gas. If you pay by direct debit, it just comes off your bill. Mm-hmm. Right, it goes to the energy company and mm-hmm. it just comes off your bill. If you're on a prepayment meter that's not a smart meter, then you get a voucher in the post, mm-hmm. and you need to take it to where you top top it yeah. up and 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 get it put on your meter. But what's been happening? One, people haven't realised that's what they were, so they've been throwing them away. And two, a lot of people have, haven't actually had them; they haven't received them from the energy companies. Now, not that I like grant shops. But he was on he was on Good Morning Britain and he said that if anybody hadn't had these vouchers to get in touch with him yeah. and his team because the government have given them to the energy companies. So all the energy companies have had a big chunk of money to pay everybody their sixty six pounds. So if people aren't getting their sixty six pounds then that's like fraud by the energy companies, yeah. basically, because they're keeping the money mm. that, that's entitled, you know, people are entitled to. So, Grant Shapps did say, if you haven't had your money off the government, to get, off, you know, off the energy company, to get in touch with him. So, feel free to do that. Yeah, some people have actually had, like, one, but then not had anything yeah. else since. And when they've been in touch with the, the energy companies, like, oh, well, we've sent it out. Yeah. Now, yeah. I know the Post has been on strike. I mean, they could just push it onto the Post post say oh well it's been on strike we've sent them out there's nothing we yeah, can do yeah. you know uh, but if that's what they're saying then you know wouldn't there be a lot of a lot of them going back as return to sender i mean they're blagging to be honest yeah exactly um i would suggest that if you haven't i mean perhaps you you know you, you wouldn't know where to start getting in touch with Graham shaps as such um he's got an email address i think he's, he's got, got an email address dot, it'll be dot mp is it grand dot is it grand dot shaps mp at Westminster, uh, yeah, parliament, uh, parliament.org or something. Uh, yeah, that's great. But also get in touch with your local MP. Yeah, exactly. Because got, all our local MPs are Labour. Yeah, and they didn't agree with how this system worked in the first place. So yeah. feel free to get in touch with your exactly. local MP and say, "I haven't had me money. Do you want to get in touch with Grant Shops for me?" Then yeah, I mean we've got Paula Bark around here. We we've got uh, Maria the Eagle. We've got Ian Byrne and West Derby. You know, we've all got great MPs around here who will fight, who will, you know, put that question to Grant Shapps because they're actually there in Parliament and all it takes is an email or a phone call to their office. I'll just let, let yeah, the ball start I mean, I mean, he said it on telly, get in touch with me if you haven't yeah. had your money, so get, exactly. in, touch, you know, get in touch. Because, it, it, you see, if you don't use it, I think it, it, a voucher lasts for 90 days. So if if the 90 days runs out, then the voucher's not, not valid. Yeah. And if they're saying, if people haven't had the vouchers in the first place, yeah, exactly. the 90 days is like ticking when they haven't even had them in the yeah. first place. And it's like, um, you know, people who, who rely on um, oil and, and things like that, they're not included in this. How it, They didn't get it, and it's now that now that they, they're getting there, like 400 quid. Yeah. You know, or if you live on a... On a um, like a static caravan yeah. park and that they weren't getting it either yeah that's right I remember so, that I so remember can that. I just as a, so as a summary now there is the, f- the £400 for the electricity uh, yeah, bits and yeah. there is a £140 for the count by the council 
uh, right? Is it? Is it? Uh, no, they they hunt they, the four hundred pound. Everybody in the country's got. Every household in the country got that. Okay, you can apply to the council, but as I say, in Liverpool, nosley round here, probably there's no money left. Cause it's, <laughs> I see. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then there's a hundred and fifty pound, which is warm home discount, which people on benefits should, should be eligible. But yeah. that's gone a bit awol this year as well. Um, and then starting from April, there'll be the £900 for people on benefits, £150 for people on disability benefits. So you haven't got to be on, you haven't got to be on a, a means-tested benefit to get the disability benefit. So you might get personal independence payment, but you might be working. Hmm. Um, so you'll still get that, yeah. even though you're working, it's £150. And then pensioners will get an extra £300 round about November time. Mm. Um, all the energy companies have an obligation to support people and help them um, with their debts, whether it's looking at a, a, you know payment arrangements, whether it's looking checking their bills to make sure the bills weren't estimated. Um, there's been a big fuss um, on the television about people getting forced around uh, uh, bailiffs coming around forcing their way in and putting yeah. prepayments in meters in um, I did a television program just before Christmas actually uh, went out in January on Rip Off Britain yes. where I was walking around the streets of Kensington <laughs> um, um, and talking about prepayment meters and how they were being forced into people um, another thing which I've mentioned um, many many times if anybody in your house is elderly got a long term health condition has got children under five or as, as a vulnerability you know say for example um, you've got some mental health issues and, and um, or you've had a bereavement or you've lost your job yeah. you know when you're just trying to get yourself sorted anybody um, get in touch with your energy provider and also your water provider which will be United Utilities and ask to be put on the priority services register, and that gives you extra protection. Um, the priority services register is free. You ring up and say, "I've got a long-term health condition. I've, I've got children under five. My granny lives with me," yeah. um, and they'll put you on the priority services register. Um, and then that offers extra support, whether it's that your your account is passworded. So when somebody comes and says, "I've come to read your meter," they've got to give you the password you set on the account yeah. before you let them in. Uh, they won't disconnect you. Um, if, if there's a water leak, they'll come and provide you with fresh water, you know, bottles of water. Um, they'll provide a generator if they know there's somebody in the house that relies on dialysis or has to keep their medication in fridges, um, you know, to keep that, that running. Uh, they'll provide you with heaters, um, all sorts of things like that. So it's really important to get yourself on the priority services register. Yeah. Um, but if you are struggling to pay, the first protocol is to ring your energy company and tell them, don't cancel direct debits. Don't sit in house freezing. Mm. Right? Get in touch with the energy company and see what arrangement you can come with them because they have a legal obligation to help people. Yeah. Well, what's the implication of the cancel direct? Because now I know a lot of people actually now they cancel the direct debit because they couldn't afford yeah. paying for the electricity. Does this would like right. impact? The pr yes, it does because... If you're in debt because you can't pay, then anybody, whether it's energy companies, the bank, mm -hmm. credit cards or anybody, if you can't pay, then the, the, the financial providers have got a legal obligation to help you, mm -hmm. right? If you cancel your direct debit, you're deemed 
to be refusing to pay. That's right? different. And if you're refusing to pay, then those rules don't apply to you, right? Mm. Because you're just refusing to pay. So they can send bailiffs after you and all this lot because they're saying, well, we, we, you owe us this money yeah. and you're refusing to pay it. So by cancelling your direct debit, you're refusing to pay it. What you do is you ring them up and say, look, you're putting this direct debit up and I can't afford that. We come to some arrangement. Yeah. But having said that, energy prices have gone up. They've just shot up ridiculously. They've doubled in the past 12 months, right? And it's not all the fault of Ukraine because they had gone up before Russia invaded Ukraine. So you can't blame Russia for this because the global price of energy went up before that, which is why all these energy companies went bust because they had no reserves. Um, So it's up to everybody or every single one of us to look at ways of saving energy ourselves by doing things like drawing the curtain to keep the heat in, turning your thermostat down and putting a jumper on, um, using a microwave, slow cooker or an air fryer instead of putting the oven on because it saves money um, try not to use the tumble dryer to dry your clothes um, use your washing machine your dishwasher on a low cycle um, 30 degrees you know and, and spend a bit more money getting decent washing washing liquid or, yeah. or, or, or dishwasher tablets um, and then lose it on a, a lower rate if you're buying electrical appliances make sure they're all A rated with the little green you know on the mm. little colours chart make sure they're all green um, you know, keep the doors shut if you're not in the room, switch the lights off, don't leave stuff on standby, you know, your mobile phone charger, your your television, your laptop, switch all them off so your house isn't full of glowing red lights. Um, <laughs> Can I ask, uh, just Go jump in here, uh, <clears throat> in terms of heating itself, Yeah. Uh, I think we might have talked about this uh, before, but uh, earlier visit, um, but in- instead of having your central heating on, you know, or a gas fire or whatever, um, opting, as I do, because I'm lucky enough to have a, a fireplace, a grate, you know, for uh, heating your house or your room, in this case, with, uh, a, 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 let's just say, a coal or wood-burning fire. Uh, in terms of measuring the cost of that, because that kind of fuel is not cheap, I can guarantee you. Uh, you could get a bag of logs for like sort of five quid. Now it's getting on to ten quid now, okay, um, or several quid at least. Um, what, what, how do you see that in terms of saving the, money? The, the problem with that is is it's not environmentally friendly. Sure. Using coal or, or logs and log burners and things like that. So you've got to weigh weigh that up. Yeah, yeah. Against the, the, the damage mo- you're doing in the moral, the moralistic aspect. Yeah, yeah. But, but in terms of, um, there are lots of fuels now available, um, which we use. Like uh, they had such an item called coffee logs, which are made of coffee. Believe it or not, I know it sounds silly, uh, and they're, they're environmentally acceptable I mean, forms uh, of of burning. Yeah, where, no. where, as you suggest. Certain kinds of, you know, like smokeless coal, for example, or, or you know, the the one with the opposite of smokeless coal. Yeah, know, yeah. Uh, aren't they supposedly more uh, friendly to the environment? I, I mean, they are, but, but I mean, there's a big kick thing at the moment about, you know, being environmentally friendly to yeah. use everything. I mean, I wouldn't know how, how that would, you know, say a log burner, I wouldn't know how much, how that would compare with gas central heating. Um, financially, I, I mean financially. Okay, because, fair to say. Because I, I, I mean, because presumably it only heats one room. Well, in the case of uh, 
myself, I'm quite a night owl. You know, I get my days and nights mixed up. Mm. And I, I'm quite a happy camper in the lounge, in the front room of the house, which is a substantial size room. But as you say, I keep the doors closed all the time. Yeah. And um, I just don't like central heating. But that's my problem. No, no. You know, I, I just don't like the feeling of central heat. I prefer a log fire. Yeah. Uh, not just a romantic, you know, fire and all the rest, but just something about it. It uh, they have this thing called a briquette now, yes, which is a very uh, dense log, sort of rectangular shaped, and that burns for hours, literally hours. Because you know, a, a normal chunk of wood that's going to be what half an hour. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I think I think the thing is, you've got to look at it. I mean, if you say like you're you're happy to sort of live in your your lounge and that. But when you've got like families and you've got oh, you yeah. know kids upstairs in bed and yeah, and, oh no no um, fair dues things yeah. like that. Well, heat rises though. I mean, yeah, I grew up yeah. in a house that didn't have central heat, <laughs> uh, and we upstairs benefited yeah. from uh, you know the fact that heat. I know it's a rather obvious thing to say, but heat does rise. So if you're ke- if you're keeping the the ground floor room toasty, hmm. those rooms upstairs, m- maybe not all of them. Yeah. Will benefit yeah. from that. I mean, my my house is over a hundred years old, and I've got two fireplaces with chimneys, exactly, which had two fireplaces in the two bedrooms above the chimneys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're all like blocked up. Oh, now, they would be. Yeah. Um, but obviously, years ago, the, the, yeah. there was a fire. That was the only there was option. A fire <laughs> in the bedroom. Yeah. You know, oh. um, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in a house that didn't have central heating. We, exactly. we had a, um, my granny get up, yeah. and, you know, when first she'd be the first up. Oh, yeah. Same she'd here. She stoked that fire. had a little, little stove boy thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it'd have Wood the maiden burner. round it with all the Wood washing. Burner, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had the gas, yeah. we had the gas fire we could just stand in front of and you just, yeah. your legs would get toasted. And, and me, I mean, <laughs> for the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people have got nesh, you know, and when, I mean, I'm like, I don't, if I'm in the house by myself, I don't have the central heating on because it, it really affects my side. Yeah, so I'll does. put I'll put a jumper on, you know, and, and and if I'm a bit cold with a jumper, I'll put a sweatshirt on or something like that. Yeah. But I think people have got more nesh. As the, yeah, as, that's you know. a uh, Liverpudlian term for um, they they just kind of can't. They're too uh, weak. They can't cope with the cold. They don't have the bottle to. Uh, no, no, I no. thought you were going to say but, something else. Apart from, no, I wouldn't do apart that from when they're out on a Saturday night in, in hardly any clothes. Yeah, well, that's that's a different no, story. No we'll we'll you know, just draw that. The number that. of people, uh, mostly lo- blokes, I see yesterday, cold. Shorts, short pants. Yeah, exactly. And I say, well, what do you aren't you cold and they say no mate I, it doesn't matter I just wear shorts tw- tw- 24 yeah. tw- 12 months a year forget that uh, right Helen what are the contact details to get in touch with saw right, or signs right. of a rainbow right. signs of a rainbow and Finsk as well so please Finsk. please um, please um, like my Facebook page and I'll, I'll be putting all sorts of interesting stuff on that and it's sort of facts whatever yeah. um, and my email address is is Helen Finsk which is capital H E L E N Capital F, F I N S K. Yeah. Dot rainbow one. Dot rainbow one. At outlook.com. At outlook.com. F I N C K. F A N S K. Yeah. And that's how people can get in touch with you. Uh, you're gonna, you're still gonna be coming in every month. I am. I yes. am. Yes. Yes. Of course, we can, we can do without you. I mean, who so, else would, t- who else would tell us, you know, all these things? Yeah. Just one, just one Go last, on. one last language. Me little bit of bad news. Oh no! no. Um, Liverpool City Council are continuing with charging for their green bins. 
right? Tell yeah. me about it. I gotta be real. Um, and um, people who, so it so it says because I looked at apparently the first collection was the last week in February, so I missed it. <laughs> um, and my green bin, you can't actually mine, move, mine, move it. So mine's heavy. today, as it happens. Waver tree. And they've given they've given people to the twenty third. If 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 you paid last year, they've given you to the twenty third of March to renew it, which I think is a bit unfair. Yeah. Um, and then it said, but if you paid in later in the year, then it goes to them. So, I, April so it's a bit case. of a mess, to yeah. be honest. There's a surprise. The Liverpool City Council being in a mess. Um, so if you did pay 40 quid for your green bin last year um, and you want it to carry on, then you need to get in touch with them and Thank pay you 40 quid this, Fair enough. this year. Right, that's it from us. Thank you very much, Steve, for your company. Hussein, thank you very much. Thank been you. a pleasure having you. Frank, as per normal. Absolutely. You're here tomorrow at 3 till 5 with the Jazz Cabin. Uh, I've got uh, tomorrow is Chris there, Karen, and Claire there here. Uh, show's p- repeated tonight at 6 and 10, 6 tomorrow morning. It starts the weekend on the bus at 6 and finishes it on Sunday at 6. Thank you very much, Deepu Company. Helen, pl- been a pleasure having you in. See you next nice month. Nice to be back. Yeah, hey, we've missed you. I uh, will leave with Joseph Locke and goodbye. So, from all of us, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. My heart is broken, but what care I? Such pride inside me has woken. I'll try my best not to cry by and by when the final farewells must be spoken. I'll join the Legion, that's what I'll do. And in some far distant region where human hearts are staunch and true, I shall start my life anew.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.